Didn't know until I got grumpy old comments. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm hammered. How good was it, darling? Hey, we're average tonight. Tonight on average. No, I'm not. It's Token Tuesday. Token Tuesday. My favorite bowler. And all the bowlers out there listening. In the bowl, everybody. In the bowl. 10-12 here, Central Time, FEMA Region 7. And uh, September 1st, can you believe it? It's already September. I'm ready for it. It's good. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great September. This is yes. where it starts getting better, right? <laughs> <laughs> this year? Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is where it starts We're gonna getting better. We're going to make it better. This is the turnaround. This is the optimist saying, hey, it's going to get better. Yeah. You're a real genuine optimist. I am a real genuine optimist, optimist, <laughs> optimist. September. Yeah, what can you say? All year I just wait for fall, and then the allergies hit me. None of this is good. None of this is good. It's truly not fall yet, yeah, till the uh, equinox. Fair, fair point. I get the end of summer allergies, I guess. Mm -hmm. All those trees fucking again. That's what happens. Well, those new COVID numbers are fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love the uh, 6% number. That's really my favorite. Yeah. It's been a long week, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It sure has. It feels like the longest week of the year so far, and we've had some long ones. But yes, this week includes the revelation that 6% of this big 150,000 stupid-ass number that they show on TV every night, 6% of that number is the number of people who've died from coronavirus only. Yep. And then out of the... 94 remaining percent those people had an average of 2.6 other comorbidities is that correct yes not crazy <sighs> that's the average 2.6 2.6 other things that were killing them mm. when they tested positive for covid19 so wow that's a huge revelation that means what that means that we shut down like everything for no- pretty much nothing yeah I mean, it seemed that way the whole time. It seemed that way in the beginning, and then everyone was like just shouting and pulling their hair out loud enough or long enough that, uh, you know, you start to just be like, well, maybe a lot, you know? Fuck, maybe it is a tragedy. Who knows? Maybe the number does get high. How many people have to die? Nothing makes me want to join more than all of that, man. Seriously. My favorite part is the last ditch efforts by uh, local news media to say like oh you may have seen that number that six percent number but experts say that there's multiple ways you can look at those numbers Mm -hmm. and extrapolate it differently and that we really should wear our masks still and be very careful i look at those numbers just like this (laughs) fucking middle finger in the air like that like that yeah like that good god man we just got played everybody got played and didn't care and still is gonna we're just gonna keep getting played it's like what else 
What else can you really do? Well, they talked on Hogsbury last night about put your mask on and shut up. <laughs> yeah. Guys. What a lovely segment. Yes. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. Shut up, slave. How stupid have we been? My, my. Trumpy coming in hot. Yeah. Ease up on it, Trumpy. Shout out to Hog Story. We will be in the smoker Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Yes. It's true. It's true. Tune in on your Hog Story channel network. Hogstory.com slash stream. And we will be there. We will indeed be there. It really has been a long week, but we found time to watch two movies in mm. that long week. Yes, we did. That was pretty nice. It's been a while since I've had like a date night yeah. with you. <laughs> Just hanging out. No like list of things to do. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. First, we watched Zach and Miri make a porno because I had not seen it and I liked it. I thought it had some good like wholesome smut content. I appreciated that. I mean, you know. Sans the poop scene. <laughs> but, you know, you need the poop scene for that <laughs> that comedy. But, yeah. Yes. Tracy Lords was in it. Loved that. That made me very happy. And then last night we my watched... Fa- well, my favorite... Uh... I hate both of you ebony and ivory motherfuckers. I tell you! Because I'm going to be <laughs> Oprah rich. I'm trying, and oh. you're not. Until you... Whoa. Whoa. Winamp keeps playing, playing, playing well. They're all your favorite. They're all my favorite. <laughs> no, just that first one. Yeah. That line came so early in the movie and I was cracking up. You were like, that's probably the best line. <laughs> it was a great one. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. It really is funny and cute. Yeah, cute's a probably good one. Probably the best Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, because I'm not a huge fan of Seth Rogen. I don't know. I like that one. It's a good one. No particular reason. It just <laughs> He's not someone that I'm like, oh, I love that guy. Yeah. Then last night we watched the Jesus Rolls. Yes, thank you, Quirkass, for pointing out that movie existed. Yes, thank you, Quirkass. That came out this year. It was stylized to be like a remake of a French 70s film. Mm. And uh, John Turturro, who played the Jesus in The Big Lebowski, he really wanted to bring his character back. And the Coen brothers are saying they have no plans to make a sequel. So he just took it upon himself and made this movie happen. The Jesus reprise. And it was fun. It was like, it had this nice, like, wandery road trip indie film feel. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was, uh, it got, like, terrible reviews all over the place, and I can see why. Yeah. It was, like, uh, pretty out there, and a lot of overt sexuality, a lot of fucking, a lot of hood rat shit. That's kind of probably not everyone's cup of tea. But as a Lebowski fan, it does fit in the universe, like... They don't really do anything to fuck with the canon. They just kind of, it's all in the Jesus's storyline, you know? Yes. But it was cool. It was like, for me, it was enjoyable. I would enjoy it. I would recommend it to only certain people who would get it, though. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a f- fantastic cast, star-studded cast. Walken, Christopher Walken's in there. Yeah. It's, Susan Sarandon uh, yeah. popped in. Makes you, that It was one of those, like, highs and lows. Makes you laugh, makes you cry. Yeah. You feel all the feels. <laughs> it has everything, and it's definitely and then ridiculous enough to be Lebowski-approved. Yes. Marie was played by Audrey Tatao, who did Amelie. Oh, right, yes. So it was pretty good. was indeed. It was not, like, I didn't go in with any expectations, but from, like, you know, you just kind of assume some things maybe going into it. You think, oh, maybe it could be about this or this, and just, no, blown away. Everything I thought. 
every preconceived notion. Yes. So got, you know that. I got a few clips from that too. Oh, but right on. I'm just trying to <laughs> operate Winamp here like a non retard, and I can't even. It's all right. We I all... can't come. Coffee? Now chop his ass up. I never seen anyone lick a ball before you throw the strap. That's my style. <laughs> Keep on bowling, boy. Keep on bowling, boy. I love that. Off to an orgy. One more. <laughs> yes. Oh, just the way he says it. Off to an orgy. Off to an orgy. That one was funny. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you pull it out of context, it's hilarious. He's almost forlorn about it. Yes. But he's commenting on uh, the birds flying off. The birdies flying away. Yep. So, you know Schlitterbahn Water Park? Mm-hmm. Where that head kid got his head knocked off? <laughs> yeah. A 10-year-old had his head cut off by one of the slides, I guess. The most extreme water park. <laughs> that was a few years ago. <clears throat> it's been pretty much sitting there ever since. They did operate for, I think, two summers, but... 2019 didn't do anything. Corona obviously not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Last night, some ex-sporting KC guy, he decided to make a $330 million proposal with his little group of developers mm-hmm. to try and bring it back. Now, $200 million of that money is his, but he's asking for $130 million in Kansas star bonds, which use sales tax revenue for big projects like that that they think are going to boost tourism. I thought that was interesting. I like the 330 million number. Got to yeah. get that 33 in there. A little magical. It'd be better than... Beats having a decrepit water park sitting there rotting away. It is weird that it's not been back, but did, they didn't even try to rename it, you know? like No, they didn't do anything. I think it needed a full like rebrand after that one. Yeah, and that slide is still up. Like, they didn't take it down or anything, so it's just <laughs> sort of like... It's wild, man. Yes. No, nobody wants to... Yeah, you got to do a reset button on that. Nobody wants to walk in around in there and, like, feels like it's still going on as a funeral or something, you know? Yes. Like, it's just gruesome. It is gruesome. Gruesome is a good word for it. A gruesome water park of KCK. Missouri is the first state in the nation to receive the maximum funding for a shared work program. Did you hear about this? I did not. So the Missouri Department of Labor and Industrial Relations received $1.8 million in grants for a 30-year shared work program, which will allow employers to bring laid-off employees back to the job by dividing available work among employees. Hmm. I know, it's it sounds strange. Employees can then receive a portion of their unemployment benefits while working reduced hours and retaining their benefits like health insurance. So let me get this straight. If you had like, let's just say an office of 10 people for easy math, and like you had to lay off five for whatever reason, this program will let you like bring back those five, cut everyone's work in half for 10 people? Well, that's what it sounds like is, yeah, you would just cut everyone's work to make it up to give them some work. But then they're still going to get paid now, and these guys are going to These guys keep their benefits. Fill the gap basically. Fill the, yes. fill the money gap that's there. Yep. But there will be a work gap. That's correct. That's kind of wild. It is wild. And they said, you know, oh, it's great during economic downturns to have this available, but it's like are you expecting a bunch of economic downturns because I don't know, that just 
kind of gloom and doom, you know? Yeah. This program lasts for 30 years. 30 years? Yeah. So. Well, uh, this is something fishy. Doom or no doom, it's they going on, I guess. There's 1,200 employers participating and about 50,000 employees. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, that's I think. a lot. It's definitely an effort to bring the unemployment number down. Sure. Because they were saying, oh, it's down a whole point because it was 7.8 in July. And then in June, it was ding, 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 (laughs) 6.9. But it makes sense to me, like, for something during, like, corona, you know? Like, let's get people back to work. Let's get people back to work. But Like as a temporary or an emergency measure or something? Yeah. So that was a very strange one. Well, maybe it's just to have another option for employers if they want to restructure. Or, you know what I mean? I don't know. It does seem weird to have a program that's that long, though. Yeah. Like, what's the economic landscape going to look like in 30 years? Who knows? If Elon Musk has his way. Oh, my god. There'll be a bunch of androids wandering around in 30 years. Yep. Yep. And Like everybody. Everybody is an android with the Neuralink, huh? Yeah. It's going to be fucking wild. We watched Elon's product presentation the yeah. other night. <laughs> well, we call it a pitch. A pitch, it, I guess. The uh, unveiling of Neuralink as a device and a company, really, both at the same time. And yeah. Uh, and also like a recruitment. I will say <laughs> that, aside from tweets, the only thing I really saw Elon with speaking or talking was on Rogan. Sure. Which was just regular laid back like conversation and he smoked a joint and whatever. And I didn't watch the whole thing, but some clips and highlights I've seen of it. But I just didn't know that the guy was like so bad at public speaking. It was very cringy. It was like the worst kid in your high school class when everyone has to do the class project presentation. It was like, that's what it reminded me of. It took me right back to like feeling bad for like the worst kid at public speaking in whatever high school class you had, you know? Yes. It was Reading wild. notes off a note card and straight off of the slides. Like, no point to the slides, because that's just what he's going to say out loud. <laughs> I don't know. I know they're, he's trying to pitch it as, in the short term, oh, it can help people with a myriad of issues, addiction, OCD, whatever. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like a fucking Dr. Heck Jones snake oil sales pitch bro it was like but not convincing at all no like not at all convincing obviously i went in like fuck this fuck no but he did not change my mind in the least i mean on the whole as far as the Neuralink concept goes i mean first it should be absolutely stated that they're at such a rudimental rudimentary level that like they're getting information and looking at areas that are lighting up but don't really know a lot about what each is saying it's not like they can read your mind yeah or like how to signal to like control your mind it's just not even close to that advanced yet basically they can see where is lighting up and how hot it is how lit it is and the thing they had on the pig was basically just a bunch of boop beep boop noises when the pig's nose would hit something whether it was the handler's hand or the cage or whatever you know rooting around on the ground uh when the nose would get bumped they had the Neuralink set up to like give feedback uh that was heavily associated with that so you could see it in real time reacting but what they really want to do is get in there and figure all that out be able to unlock and read the brain as a book and 
you know, what they may or may not find out has crazy implications for the human race as a whole and for medicine and everything like that. Obviously, you would never want a smartphone in your head, though. I think that no. that's like a pretty obvious one that everyone can just kind of be like, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's I, not. I, don't I don't know at this you point. Really, you really don't want a smartphone in your fucking pocket all day either, but I do have that. Yeah. You know? Um, There's also kind of the aspect of is there an inevitability in our evolution where, you know, 100, 200 years, I don't know, pick a fucking number in the future where there's androids and humanity's moved on and there's a few people who refuse to just die off, you know, and maybe they like exists in remote pockets of the world. Uh, yeah. Savages out there. Yeah. Like the, like the brave new world savage. Exactly. But I figure if there's ever that point that comes while I'm alive and there's like a, if I would ha if I would have had to get it to avoid my family getting it, maybe I could do it that way. You know, maybe mm. maybe it was like, I don't know. Sounds like a trap. <laughs> I don't know, but I also would like to only like DIY it or build your own gear. You yeah, know? I like that. If you that. had your own gear and your own code and your own um, system, it's just hard to say. You know, like right when you talk to the bigger network, like there's vulnerabilities what can get in what can get out like literally know nothing about it because it's brand new anyway it's it's even newer than brand new because what they have doesn't really do all of this stuff that they're talking about like at the q a they were like can it summon your tesla telepathically and they were like oh yeah that's an easy one that's like definitely it's definitely going to do that going to and i i don't doubt that they're going to make that like one of the top goals but whether they can even succeed at doing this kind of stuff or not hasn't been shown Totally. The only thing they've shown is they can listen to uh, neurons firing in real time, which isn't much. No. But the guy, you got to hear the intro. This okay. is like the big reveal. And I'll, I even left some of the intro music in this just to kind of give you the feel leading into it, contrasted with Elon actually starting to speak. One more strike, Quintana. Oh, Christ. One more strike. Wow, Elon sounds like the Jesus. There we go. This is it. <laughs> Like, yeah, this is hip. This is cutting edge. Okay, go. You're on. Go, Elon. All right, welcome to the Neuralink product demo. I'm really excited to show you what we've got. I think it's going to blow your mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to blow your mind. Blow your mind. <laughs> it was... It didn't blow my mind. It was yeah. underwhelming, but yes, it does open up a whole can of worms as far as uh, like ethical considerations go and privacy concerns go, and like what what would you what were the trade offs be? You know, I mean, if you think about seasonal depression or even like passing day and out depression, whether you deal with it on a clinical scale or on a passing fleeting scale, you know. Like, what if you could turn a dial to numb your pain or, like, flip a switch and stop being sad? Right. Like, that's going to be the draw. That's going to be the allure. Yeah. But then and what do you become on the other side of that? Are you still human on the other side of that? If you can, like, tap an app to wipe away the all the nasty parts of the human condition? Yeah. Is it, well, are you even in a human condition? If you think about it too, you're just getting rid of the symptoms, but not taking care of the root problem. Sure. For a lot of things like that, you know? Yeah. 
I mean, like, let's take addiction, for example. It's overwhelmingly caused by environment. Mm -hmm. So, like, you flip your switch to not be addicted to something anymore, but you're still in the same environment surrounded by it. And, like, I, what do you think that would force you to want to change? It's Or would it just be, like, eventually you're going to fall back into a cycle? I mean, I don't know. It's it's totally untested. We don't know. So, yeah. And, man, the pig that had the Neuralink was, like... <laughs> The one pig that wasn't behaving. You were like, that must be the Neuralink pig. The one that won't come into its pen. Sure enough. He pitched it, and I thought this was a weird pitch, but he pitched it uh, in this way. I mean, fr frankly, to, to sort of simplify this, uh, what, what we're, <laughs> I mean, it's more complicated than this, but it's, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. A Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires. Uh, why? And basically, the reason it is exactly that is because it's a small device that's, like, even manufactured with a lot of wearables tech. Like, that's where they're getting their ingredients, is the wearables uh, manufacturing industry that already exists for a lot of it. They're building their own code and UI and all of that crap. Um, but as far as, like, most of, the, most of the hardware, it comes from that. So there's just, like, these little micro wires coming off of a... They describe it as the size of a large coin, eight millimeters thick. And the trick there is that your skull is about 10 millimeters thick. And so you just have a robot cut a perfect circle in your skull, pull that piece of bone out and put this uh, Fitbit <laughs> <laughs> Neuralink in. And uh, you, then you have a, a robot stab all of those wires into your brain directly into the tissue, which um, they claim is... Going to cause no neural damage, no perceivable neural damage. <sighs> Doesn't even bleed when they put it in because they map where the uh, all the veins and arteries are running and just miss those. Until the robot malfunctions. Until I don't know what. Until I don't know what. I mean, they were very intent on the robot being the one doing the surgery because of the precision required. Sure, yeah. And they were basically like, we can't let humans do it because they'll fuck it up. <laughs> That's nice. Take some, something that we have no control over. We can't do this, but we can make the machines do it. That sounds like a good idea. Not. I had a couple of uh, awkwards. Oh, boy. If, um, say if, um, one of our pigs on a treadmill. <laughs> Pig on a treadmill. <laughs> um, it's a funny, funny concept, really. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of the times where he's like, uh, it sucks, too, because there's no crowd. You know, I mean, it's Corona yeah. days. This seemed like... A fucking work meeting at a yes. smaller company, like just a straight up work meeting. Like I've been to work meetings just like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it wasn't like Elon fucking Musk, like it wouldn't have been weird. You know, it would have just been like, oh yeah, this looks like a work meeting. But yeah, it's just like the guy that has so much weight. And I think also a part of it is like Steve Jobs was a guy that had like eleven out of ten charisma and could just like pitch a product and own a room and he had a place he was going and the public speaking he was off the chain with. And so that's kind of like most of the only other product demos I've watched were Steve doing it. So it's a hard bar to really uh live up to for sure. And uh it's tough too with no audience because like I don't know, even this Corona TV, if you watch it, if you're able to like bear the cringe for more than ten minutes it's like with no audience and no reaction, like you realize how unfunny and so cringe a lot of this, the jokes and the f fucking script is. It's like really bad. Yeah. Pegs on a treadmill. Ha ha ha.
um, the end, I just thought it was kind of funny, like just to uh, hammer back home on the who are you and what or the 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 small company work meeting. They're like, you gotta say who you are and what you do as they're going around like answering questions. Actually, it might be good for people to say, you know, who they are and what they do. Oh, yeah. I'm Matthew McDougall. I'm uh, the neurosurgeon, the head neurosurgeon at Neuralink. So, like, that was after this. The first guy answered a question. He already introduced himself like a total pro, who he was and what he did at the company. Then the second guy who was fielding a question just fielded the question. And then after he was done answering the question, he was like, you know, why don't we just always introduce introduce ourselves and say what we do? So this is the very next guy uh, after he said that. Just to say who you are and what you do. (laughs) Hi, my name is Joey O'Doherty. I'm a neuroscientist and neuroengineer working on decoding from the brain. It was like all of the uh, geeks that you'd actually expect. They were like into the technical questions and already like ready to answer it so hard that it was like uh, almost like a school project or something where they kept on being like, no, who are you and what do you do? They kept bringing them back. Even the kid that was doing Twitter questions started uh, entering it in. Yeah, so we're fielding questions from Twitter, so there's going to be some funny, funny comments. I mean, frankly, to to sort of... Yeah, there's going to be funny comments from Twitter. Funny, funny Twitter. Anyway, when he would take Twitter questions, he would pose. Okay, so the first part of the question is, who are you and what do you do? And then the second question that he would read the question. Oh, nice. Just like... Just make sure they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, man, that's what you got to do. It is what you got to do. It's pretty good. But overall, Neuralink, not going to be drilling any holes into my skull for it, no. No, no, me neither. And I also thought it was strange when he said that it runs all day, but you have to charge it at night. Oh, yes. So, like, are there wires that you plug into your head? There aren't. Um, it charges kind of like, uh, I don't know, oh, I can't remember the word for it. Like but, on a charging station? Right, like when you set it on a, when you set your phone on a pad and it wirelessly charges, um, it does that. So I don't know, I guess you have like a little, uh, charge pad that you put on your pillow. Induction charging. Thank you. Thank you, Duodenum. Thank you, Duodenum. 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 And try to say all the syllables as fast as possible. Duodenum. 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 Thank you, Duodenum. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want one of those near my head. I don't want to charge anything in my head. I don't want anything in my head that needs to be charged. Anything charging. Now, granted, too, these things are little bitty things, you know? Yes. Well, did you hear what he was talking about, the projects beforehand, where they had to put, like, a box on their head? that was actually interesting, too. Um, So, when he started off, it's funny, too. I have, like, a full three-minute clip of his intro if you want to listen to more of it. Because uh, I stopped after 30 seconds. But the thing when he started, he was like starting off as a pitch to uh, say that there's already stuff like this out there. And there's something called a Utah array. Utah array. And it's basically two big cube looking things that go stick into your skull. So they're sticking out of your skull. It's like a box on your head. You're walking around with like two boxes sticking out of your head. And they uh, basically shock the brain in certain ways, but it's been helpful, but like super rare and you need like certain conditions, you know. Um, Well, it seems like a pretty extreme measure to take. Extreme measure. Having boxes attached to your head. You need a physician around to like keep them maintained. So they need to be like constantly maintained. And uh, they look ridiculous. They're uh, inserted into your head with an air hammer, Mm. by the way. So. He mentioned that and was like, <laughs> it's, 
discomforting or nightmare something. Nightmare fuel. Know. He did another one of those awkward ha-ha-has. I didn't clip it, but... Yes, nightmare fuel. I mean, his robot scares me, too. The robot for Even. surgery, yeah. You you gotta imagine that, like, what, if you get the software update or don't get the software update or... It's like, you know, how many things can go wrong with a, with a robot? I don't know. I, I don't either, because I'm not a robotics guy, but one would think a lot could go wrong at, yeah. at any moment. I mean, I've had enough robots around me to know, or like computer programs. Yeah, seriously, software. Hell, this fucking show malfunctions from time to time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, got to reset the soundboard every time, huh? Mm -hmm. Dang gremlins! I uh, first time I locked on to No Agenda Social today, and I saw grumpy old comments uh, from Darren O'Neill. Uh oh. Because I guess that our last episode, episode thirty-seven, had like fifteen or sixteen minutes of silence in it. Oh no! And the biggest chunk was at the end, so um, it's funny too because a lot of people are people's listen live, so they would have no idea. And then I didn't even know it was on the stream; like I had no idea it was going on the stream. I had no idea yeah, it was same. playing. Uh, otherwise, I'd have pulled up and listened, been listening to it at the time. But no, I just got there after the fact, and sure enough, I looked at the audio. Darren posted a screen cap of the audio where you could see like the deadline forever. <laughs> Shoot. Um, it was a simple snip and a snip. It's funny because we recorded the episode. We went a little over two hours live, and I was like, you know, that was the longest one we'd done. And then uh, when I chopped it down, I, you know, removed the silence and all that. I was like, hey, it was under two hours, so whatever, that's cool. And then I exported it and put it online, like not thinking of it. But I guess somehow in the export, Audition put that silence back in, or it was when I was trying to add the Hog Story song at the end, you know? Oh. I was putting that at the end, and I don't know if I... There's like two wa ways you can edit your sound. You can be on the waveform tab, or you can be on the mix down tab. And what you do on one doesn't necessarily always translate perfectly to the other one. And so, I don't know, I just got those crossed. I don't even know exactly how I did it, but that's just another thing on the checklist to check that. Right. You know, it's like you export Lesson it, learned. And then you pull it back up, and you look at that waveform, and you go, oh, yeah, it looks all good. Or you go, oh, shit, there's much silence in there. Yeah, and you fix it before yeah. anyone else sees it. So well, That's cool, though. I didn't know we were on the NA stream. I didn't Hell either, yeah. yeah. I just... Uh, no, until I got grumpy old comments. <laughs> grumpy old comments. Yeah, and we got some grumpy old fixes. Mm, I fucked up. Oh, well. Snapped my 30-year perfect streak oh. of no mistakes. Trial and error, baby. Trial and error. Reset the clock. <laughs> it's been zero days <laughs> since it's been <laughs> fucked up. Fucked something up. Fucked something up indeed. Speaking of getting fucked up, oh. Operation Legend still going on in Kansas City, and they have, get your dings ready, get your dings ready, they've made 355 arrests so far, mm. but 33 were murder suspects. Oh, interesting. 33 were murder suspects. Yes. 33 murder suspects out of this, which I thought was interesting because I thought that the whole point of Operation Legend was to round up the violent criminals. It is. So then 355 people arrested, but only 33 for potential homicides? 33 murder suspects, but murder is just one of a array of violent actions one could take. 
arson. Okay, fair enough. Uh, destruction of property. Yeah. Assault, battery, kidnapping. Yeah. So this is a federal partnership going on with local law enforcement. And the FBI, the DEA, the ATF, and the U.S. Marshals Service have all been assigned to assist. It's just wild that Kansas City was the one chosen. But we have been... It's been a violent year with the Rona in Kansas City. There's been a lot of homicides. We are on track to beat last year's homicide amount. I think it was like around 150. And right now there's been... 135 murders here. But anyway, it was named after a four-year-old victim, Legend Talaferro. Mm. Um, yeah, I know we were one of the first cities they rolled in on. Uh, I know Operation Legend's working in Chicago, too, though, as well. Oh, really? Indeed. So are, are these numbers the total from both cities, you think? No. The KC these numbers are KC-specific, are KC okay. yeah. Uh, and when I've heard it talked about by both Trump and, and I think, uh, K-Mac said something about it too. Kaylee. Whoa, shit. Um. Sorry about my springs. Dinging, I dung, I dinged the spring. Anyway, they always mention that, uh, they've gone in like quietly without fanfare, blah, blah, blah. And that's really true. Like, aside from the actual press release, which just came up because I like have a, a fucking newsreader that spits me everything Kansas City and, and Missouri State thing. The only reason I saw it. I wouldn't, yeah. have, I wouldn't have seen it any other time. And it's been going on for months now. And I haven't seen any news of arrests. If they've, you know, were cracking down or tracking people or looking at this or that. Like, there was hardly any, like, news coverage about it. It's true. And there still is, you know. Right. They just got this rundown of numbers. They're just Yeah, they're just talking about numbers now, which means... I don't know, maybe they're wrapping up a section of it, or maybe there's like a quarterly report due. I don't really know. But they haven't made a bunch of stinking noise about it, which is just kind of interesting. I don't know how to react about it or feel about it. but I mean, with federal investigations and stuff, I think that would be the way they would want to do it. Yeah, you Ideally, like you don't want people... Flip on the light and the roaches all run and scatter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was uh, 88 federal defendants from Missouri... 18 from Kansas, 3 from Texas they've picked up in Kansas City. Hmm. 62 fugitives with either state or federal warrants. And it says the remaining 151 were supervised release violators or referred for prosecution in a state court. I've got the Trumpy 33. Oh, yeah? I think that goes right along with this. Since the beginning of Operation Legend, we have conducted more than 1,000 arrests and reduce the murder rate in Kansas City, which is one of the cities we targeted, by one-third, headed down 33%. And hello again. All right, we're down a third in murders. Yep. It could be way worse, people. It could be way worse. <laughs> I think I have Kaylee's, too. Thank you, Kaylee. Uh, what is the president's position on victims, families, businesses, uh, as a result of these riots suing Democrat-run cities? Would he support them if they were to band together and do so? Um, I haven't spoken to him about that specifically, um, but 
certainly what you're seeing is it is Democrat cities uh, where you're seeing um, all of these numbers increase. When you look at, I just noted to Yamish, Portland, um, Seattle, Philadelphia, Minneapolis, Chicago, New York City, these have all seen anywhere from a 33% spike in the murder rate to a 277% increase um, in one month alone in New York City. It's appalling, and it is Democrat governors and mayors and lawlessness that they're allowing to prevail. Yep. 33s all over the place. 33. Can't sneak them by us, though. No. NetNet asks, was that all protesters? And I don't believe so. Oh, the Operation Legend pickups? Right. I don't think any of them were protests. No. They have two defendants charged with arson. There, I mean, there might be a tiny bit, but like that just hasn't been going down here like it has in other cities. It's true. When it did go down, was George Floyd specific, and it was... Like basically quarantined inside of the plaza, it was all in the plaza, and like which is a bougie outdoor shopping I center. I think it was like three or four vehicles. Yeah, I think they set one cop car on fire, which that, is not excusable, but no, but compared to what's going on in these other places where like blocks get burnt down and shit, um, yeah, it's pretty quiet in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good place for them to probably hang around and like catch some people though. Well, nothing's really happened here as far as the police go, and that's why, like, all of these protests that you see are incredibly organized. And so when they get word of some kind of police shooting of any type, then they immediately mobilize the people to whatever city that is. So that's why you saw the shit in Kenosha, um, just like what happened in Baltimore and Ferguson and all those other places, like... They, they pick a target and then they go there specifically. And nothing has happened here to trigger that or justify it in any real way. Yeah. Thank goodness. We have a relatively good police department, really, all things considered. Well, your last run-in wasn't great, but... Yeah, you know. I mean, dumbasses are going to be everywhere. Yeah. More details on that in the last episode. Mm-hmm. What episode number is this? 38? This is 38. Hey, episode 38. 38's great. So yeah, a, a, a cop told Spence he couldn't go home <laughs> in the last episode when he was driving home from work. I never really found out uh, what that was all about either. but No, but then I was wondering if that was something to do with Operation Legend. I mean, it, I it, think it's possible, but it's, the only cars I saw were all KCPD is why I think maybe not. And you told me that the gas station was all taped up mm-hmm. so it's like something yeah, happened there but there's no something happened there but it almost about it it almost seemed like they were just using that as a staging area or something oh maybe it was a training or something because what they the only detail he gave me was that somebody in one of these houses might be armed which is like yeah no, yeah, no shit, shit. <laughs> we're all fucking armed bro it's swill park we in the swoop we're all <laughs> armed swill park this is america we're all armed in america yeah I mean, yes, to a lot of extent, that's true, but... Especially here. Doubly true here. So, my second 33 number story comes in with the former Baltimore mayor, Catherine Pugh's aide, Gary Brown Jr., has received 33 months in prison after entering a guilty plea of fraud, conspiracy, and tax charges. Uh-oh. Apparently, they published this book and then would like sell it to people. It was called Healthy Holly Books. They would sell it to people and either not deliver them or 
if they delivered them, they would like convert them for their own use without the buyer's knowledge, or they would double sell books, all this fuckery to stuff their pockets. And he pled guilty to it. Hmm. So he gets 33 months. Guilty pleas always are like grain of salt type things, you know? 33 months was the minimum. They gave him the minimum. Yeah. I mean, he's a mayor's aide. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh boy. The mayor's aide. The mayor's aide. That was a strange one. And then in Kissimmee, Florida, 33 people were arrested at a house party. Uh. Law enforcement says that there's hundreds of people using vacation rentals for parties right now. Everything's shut down. But instead of going in to shut down an active party, they've formed like saturation patrols to stop them before they begin. So the sheriff's office is working with tourist policing units and patrol and criminal investigations, canines, DUI, and aggressive driving units to find these parties as they're about to pop up and then just (laughs) knock down the door. You know, you got to stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? This one, they had a the helicopter flying around above head with all the people in the street just getting out of their cars. Oh, that was funky. But yeah, the helicopter showed all these people just mm. getting out of their cars, getting ready to go into one of the rentals to party. But who's clicking? Is that me? It usually is. You getting text messages? No. On that phone over there? No. And my phone was pretty far away. It doesn't have my car key on it. Clicks and chicks, man. It's always something. Always something. Yeah, did you see Pelosi got her hair did too? I did though. see that. <laughs> classic her. Classic all these elite motherfuckers in positions of power and seats waltzing in, doing whatever the fuck they want with rules that they make for the rest of us to follow yeah. that they don't have to follow. All the fucking time. It makes me so irritated, man. Yeah, and to top it off, she didn't have a mask on. Of course she didn't you know, have a like fucking all mask All the rules on. are bullshit to them. Because they know. Because they know. Yeah. yeah. They're the ones that actually know. They're the ones that fucking sit up at night laughing at us retards who have to do the fucking mask thing and we have to walk around fucking minding every little goddamn parking meter and every little fucking no joint law and every other bullshit law, they just fucking laugh. Because we're fucking morons for putting up with the shit. Well, I don't put up with it. How stupid have we been? Luckily, my job doesn't require a face mask. And I refuse to wear one. I'm about ready to tell Katie I was like, fuck this my face mask thing. Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, especially in the heat. After the 6% thing, oh my god, I wore a fucking mask the other night. And just the whole time, my glasses are just fogged. To nothingsville, you know? Yeah. And when I wear my big dumbass doomsday mask with the with the 3M respirator, it actually forms a tight sealer in your mouth, so, like, that doesn't happen. But she won't let you wear that? But, you have well, to wear cloth it's mask. not even that she won't let me. I haven't asked to wear that. I'm not, you know what I mean? You're at work, you're trying to, like, look a certain way. Yeah. As a bartender, like, if I'm buying my groceries, I can be a fuckwit, and I can wear a big doom mask, and I can give people dirty looks, yeah. and I can do all of that shit, you know? But you don't really have, like, political free speech. That's not, like, what the deal is when you're going to work. You know? Right. That's a different thing. You're working, you're working for the company, for the That's brand. That's right. 
And if you're not, then you're a piss poor worker, you know, and I've, I'm a good worker. So that's the difference there. Like, it still sucks and it's still like... But were the people at the event you were bartending at wearing masks? Not very many of them, but some were. So... Well, well give me a percentage. Um, There might have been 40 people there. There might have been four or five wearing a mask. Nice. So majority were not wearing masks. I heard, overheard one of the guy, mask guys say that he works at the COVID unit. Like, so he's like all baked in, you know? Yeah. To whatever the messaging is. That's too bad for him. Baked into the message. I don't know why he wasn't like given leper status if it's so fucking bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like don't go to the party. You might COVID infect unit? Why would you come here? Exactly. Like, but, but hey, that mask stops him from transmitting it to everyone right, else. And yeah, he wears that mask because he cares about everyone else at that party. Crazy. Didn't you say they had to take a group photo at some point? Yeah, they're getting group <laughs> photos. And then like they're almost ready to snap the picture. And then the lady's like, ah, take the masks off. Because it's like, no shit. You're yeah. In a, you're in a family photo. You're standing there like with your face covered like a moron. Like, oh, who is this? Oh, yeah, Kathy. Remember in the fucking COVID time when they scammed us on a COVID and everyone was wearing fucking face masks to backyard parties? And by everyone, I mean certain gullible people. It's a lot of people, though. I have been shocked by how I'm the only person not wearing a mask most places that I go at this point in time. I get that we're deep into the what I early on was calling resistance fatigue with the mask thing where you just want to go in and not have a fucking fight about it. But I don't, I don't know. Like I'm starting to like change my feelings about that to, to like, it's worth, hell, yeah. it's worth saying, fuck it. It's worth saying, no, didn't you read the numbers? Well, yeah, especially after those numbers like, haven't came you been out. Paying attention. Do you see what's going on? Do you see that we're like all being lied to? And like, I felt that way the whole time, but without that sort of concrete statement on an update of what the numbers really are and what they really mean it's like a renewed uh rock or foundation to stand on you know i mean no i'm not a fucking scientist i'm not out there with a laboratory and a vial and like shoving my fucking cotton swab up anybody's ass and seeing what it says you know i don't know who's doing the testing what the fucking tests are how they fucking work i don't know any of the shit i just have to take these guys word for it over these different news streams and alternative news streams and have to make my own conclusions from it. Yeah, and they don't know either. They just get press releases I know what from different talking? people and report what they're told to report. All my Democrat friends. Well, you know, the, the science on masks can't be disputed and the science is good. And those are fucking two statements that don't mean shit. Yeah. The science can't be refuted, first of all, is never a That's true statement. Wrong. It's just never a true statement. The science can constantly be refuted and does that ref- the, does that stand up does that pushback actually stand up that's the whole point of science exactly science ought to be constantly refuted testing the hypothesis coming up with new ones yeah it's just exhausting man because uh, it's also hard to see it's funny they always talk about like silent majorities but it really is hard to see the people on our side of the issue and idea regarding this health crisis and masks because of the ostracization and because of no platform and because of stay at home and because of being shouted down on any fucking face sack anything which I don't even log in ever anymore yeah it's just you lose all of that so like there's nobody out there like you you don't know how many people are out there like just thinking the same thing and are just as pissed off 
you know, but you can imagine it's got to be a bunch of fucking people. Yeah. And a lot of them gave in to resistance fatigue. It's weird because in Europe now, they're all like getting out on the streets and like some of the pictures are crazy of how many people are like protesting lockdowns. But the time for lockdowns is definitely more than over. Yeah. More than over. I don't think it was never a good idea in the first place. But it's not about being a good idea. It's about. I still will say one of the most disappointing things for me with Trumpy is that he could have squashed this fucking mask thing at any time. And he could have squashed this corona thing at any time just by being him and being belligerent and just saying it over and over again and making it so. Like, that is the bully pulpit, pretty much one of the real true fundamental powers of the president. Is just to keep saying shit until everybody's like, well, fuck, I guess it's this. And not only does he refuse to do that with the mask thing, but he is he got clawed into the we saved two million lives scam, yeah. which is bullshit. And the more that comes out about how the, pl- the pandemic was bullshit, he's not going to be able to stand on that anymore. You know, he's not going to be able to stand on, oh, we saved two million lives on a fake bullshit thing, you know, like, on an overinflated hype. I'm not saying, obviously... Six percent of people died, so that's like less than ten thousand deaths. But when you're talking about these different viral diseases, novel virus outbreaks, you have to compare them to the other ones in the past, to the other numbers, the other deaths. And from the start, they didn't count this one the same way. Now the New York Times comes out and says that the tests might be so fucked that a lot of positives might be popping positive at too small of a threshold when there's such little presence of the virus in your body that it's totally a non-issue their their threshold for these tests were so incredibly low that they're just popping for people they shouldn't be popping for so that just destroys a whole another set of narratives because yeah because ever since i mean for the last month at least they stopped hand-wringing about deaths because the deaths fell off the fucking side of the planet the chart went way down as cuomo proudly boasted at the dnc they climb the possible mountain now they're on the other side and you know that was a real mind trip his fucking little speech at the dnc he was on day one so i actually you know we had talked last week about sitting down and looking at the dnc and rnc and kind of since they're both over doing a retrospective and apples to oranges comparing the two because as an independent i don't really see a lot of that i saw kind of point and counterpoint during both of them on partisan angles, but I never really heard anybody break down both and face them at each other, and I thought that could be interesting. But I just crawled day ones, and so, you know, we can give you, like, a RNC versus DNC day one, and if it's something that's interesting and you like, then we I'll keep doing them in, in the weeks to come. Yeah. For day two and three and four, but it's just hard to find anything that's, like, willing to objectively compare stuff i think um most of it's just like shilling for one side or the other so it's kind of tough but of the, course. the dnc obviously came first and what i was talking about with cuomo is this guy was one of the speakers uh during the night program from 9 to 11 so that's kind of like the meat of their stuff um they do like official party business during the day and then uh they get all their, you know, primetime stuff in their speeches and all that at night. The DNC did it basically as a big, giant Zoom call. So they did it across America. There wasn't really, like, a place that they were um, hyping on being. Um, with the with the Dems, 
during the day, just a shitload of caucus meetings. I mean, every caucus that you've heard of, from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., it was all different caucus meetings. Um, contrasted with the RNC, they did all of their major business day one and had the nominees, and then they didn't really do any business. Hmm. Uh, pretty much the rest of it was the D.C. public-facing speeches and, and fanfare and stuff. Um, and then between between the uh, caucus meetings and the real meat and potatoes of the program, they had this Skype show, Behind the Rhyme. This is, I guess, a, a weekly Twitch show, a hip-hop-based digital talk show series. So a video podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But... Uh, I had never heard of it before, and it was interesting because I was watching the thing on Twitch, and their first guest that was like a celebrity performance was CeeLo, and there's no sound on that video, so it's like CeeLo's like singing into this microphone, you just can't hear none of it. Dang. And then Aloe Black came out, and then this kid's choir did uh, like a national anthem kind of slightly cued it up. They had a kid from every state on the little Zoom screens, and then, like, they'd have them, like, flying around, and at the end, they all turned into a, at the end, they all turned into a bunch of stars, and they were the stars on the flag, the 50 stars, but it was, like, hilariously lip-synced, like, you can't line up 50 kids on a Zoom call and have the audio right, like, I just know yeah, what kind of trash that will sound like. And they didn't have all these kids mic'd, man. So it was just kind of funny. I was just wondering how they did it. But it just, to me, it looked like they just had them just lip syncing. And then they put the audio underneath it, you know, to make it sound cute. The actual choir uh, audio recording. Boy, let's see. The list of speakers from 9 to 11 was uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar out of Minnesota. uh, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada. Governor Cuomo, of course, uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Rep. Jim Clyburn, South Carolina, Benny Thompson is a Mississippi rep who's the convention chair, the DNC convention chair, uh, Wisconsin Web Grant Rep. Representative Gwen Moore, Senator Doug Jones, he's the guy that just won the Senate seat in Alabama, the Democrat, that uh, when Sessions left the si- for uh, the DOJ, Doug Jones won his own Senate seat, so it went blue. Uh, He's up for re-election this year, so it's like a shorter term. Senator Bernie Sanders out of Vermont, and then Michelle Obama for like the mic drop at the end. But, you know, I I was watching all of these speeches, and everyone kind of kept it to around five minutes for DNC and RNC, which I thought was interesting. So it's like very soundbitey and like kind of short, targeted speeches. But it's just so... uh, I thought there's some stuff on the Dem side that was like strange and weird, and then the Republican stuff was like so predictable. I didn't even really have anything like of note. I thought to clip, I just kind of made notes. But in the in the Dem side, that's really what kind of got under my skin was the Cuomo speech, where he kind of comes out and takes a a victory lap as the guy in New York who had the most deaths, like. <laughs> By far. That's what I was going to say. Victory lap, more like a loss lap. Mm -hmm. It it was, though, I also found some stuff that surprised me on both sides, and one of them was the DNC did open with a prayer. Uh, And they always talk about, like, the Democrats are, like, Satanists, and they're, like, evil and they hate it and all, which may be true for many of them. I don't really know, but this prayer, I mean, they opened with a prayer that seemed kind of, like, sincere, 
uh, whether they followed along with a lot of what was prayed for, I'm not sure, but this is the clip. Hello, my name is Reverend Gabriel Salguero. Let us pray. Almighty God, we confess that our nation needs you and has always needed you. We pray for your blessing upon all of us, Republicans, independents, and Democrats, as we strive to form a more perfect union. We pray for your strength, guidance, and wisdom. Lord, we recognize that we are living in challenging times that call us to live up to the highest angels of our national character. As we confront the turbulent winds of a global pandemic, economic uncertainty, and civil discord, may your gracious hand lead us to the peaceful shores of love, justice, and civility. So it was like good ideals and things. Um, one thing that was interesting that I kept hearing certain people say was that our better angels, uh, may our better angels win over, does it appeal to our better, better angels? This is like some kind of trendy thing to say. Oh. And it actually comes from the very end of Lincoln's first inaugural address, I guess. There's like a sentence in there about our better angels. But man, I've been seeing it just everywhere because i heard it in that prayer and it kind of tripped me up because i had not heard a pastor say that you know and so i was kind of like is this some new thing and then i heard cuomo say it too and so that's really what got uh. me into like digging what the hell where is this coming from so like it's a lincoln quote that it seems like a lot of dems are saying like i don't i see it a lot uh on the democratic side that's a good catch saying. I'd never heard it before. I would keep a lookout for it. Our better angels. Our better angels. And uh, keep a lookout for your worst angels, too, because you don't want those fuckers around. <laughs> this was the intro, which was just kind of underwhelming. It was like, uh, yay, the Democrats figured out how to do a Zoom call. Welcome to our convention across America. We had hoped to gather in one place, but instead we figured out a safe and responsible way to come together to share our ideas and talk about the future of our country. And that's the kind of leadership we need right now. That's the kind of leadership that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will bring to the White House. So during the next four nights, we will gather safely from our homes to listen, to learn, to be inspired, to act, to vote, and to build that more perfect union. Yeah, so it was like just kind of uninspiring to be like, well, we wanted to have this big thing, but we couldn't, but we figured how to do it. And that's the kind of leadership we need is like, Joe Biden, Campbell Harris, they could figure out how to set a Zoom call up. <laughs> and that's what we really need right now. Oh, my God. It's just kind of like, okay. And what else could you do? Um, Joe's trapped in the basement. Klobuchar made one of the most awkward jokes. She had to give the post office. She was using that post office meme that a lot of them are using. You know, the president may hate the post office, but he's still going to have to send them a change of address card come January. We need... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, the president, we need a president for the workers who've lost their jobs because this administration is selling American workers out when we need to buy American. For the farmers and manufacturers and the people of rural America who are sick and tired of reaping what he's sown. Well, now that I thought was a kind of a weird angle and a weird smear. She went for the workers and the farmers who kind of have been propped up and subsidized by Trump very recently. Um, and it just seems like a weird attack. It seems like that's the spot where he's actually kind of strong on. 
and she's trying to like flip it the other way around. That also kind of caught my uh, ear because I was just like, yeah. of all the things you can say about Trump, like th- that he's against like the worker or like anti jobs, like he's he's a jobs guy. He makes it his business to like you know, yeah focus on the job aspect of it and everything. So that just kind of seemed like kind of a dumb swipe, but it was nothing compared to this Cuomo shit that I saw. New Yorkers were ground zero for the COVID virus and have gone from one of the highest infection rates on the globe to one of the lowest. We climbed the impossible mountain, and right now we are on the other side. We did it with the kindness and assistance of so many. New Yorkers want to thank everyone who came to our aid, 30,000 Americans who volunteered to come here to help in our hour of need. So that's nice, and that's, um, well, it's kind of funny that he's spiking the football on the biggest death toll in the country by uh, like factors of ridiculous amounts. But what did he say in there? He said, thank God it's over. He said, thank you to all these Americans who came and helped. And it was like a very bright and cheery. And then within five minutes, he's going from that to we're fucked and there's a second wave and there's been nothing done by the government. Oh, but also government is important and it's on our immune system and it's great. He was all over the map with the shit. Our collective strength is exercised through government. It is, in effect, our immune system. And our current federal government is dysfunctional and incompetent. So, <laughs> and, uh, Well, you know, it's uh, it's been rough. Uh. Oh, yeah, this that was the guy that Skyped in. So, Cuomo, he goes from saying, like, it's over, it's done. Thank God we're over it. We're, we climbed that impossible mountain. We're on the other side. Everything's gravy. And then it was just doom and gloom and doom and gloom. He was just jumping from, like, one thing to another thing. And I'm just kind of like, where are you standing on anything, man? Like, he's just leapfrogging all around. Like, it's great, and we did it, and we did the we did it the right way, but the federal government did the wrong way, and the federal government sucks, but the government's important, but not the federal government. It was just very confusing. Mm. Contradictory completely. And it's funny because I saw a snippet of that shared somewhere, like on a tweet or something. Uh, maybe it was in the NAS, but I didn't realize that was a DNC speech. I thought it was just like another Cuomo presser, you know. But no, he's spiking the football at the at the convention. I just thought that was outrageous. Um, so basically, everyone of those people that I read to you is a Democrat, 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 right? Like they're either a current sitting senator or representative, a save for Michelle Obama, who's Barry's wife, you know? So that was their list of speakers for the first night. The RNC, of course, had a lot of that too, but they also included like, I don't know, some regular ass people uh, in, in their lineup. They had an invocation by a, the Archbishop of New York, uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan. And then their uh, list includes Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. Matt Gates is a rep from Florida. Uh, Ronna McDaniel is the RNC chair. Do not believe she holds an office, though. Rep Jim Jordan of Ohio. Herschel Walker, sp- uh, sports guy. Um, Representative Vernon Jones of the... Georgia uh, State House, so he's a State House representative in Georgia, a Democrat who has I don't know if he's explicitly endorsed Trump for the election, but he has endorsed like working with Trump and working with Republicans, and he spoke at the Republican convention. 
Uh, so that was interesting. They had somebody from the other party there. Uh, let's see what else. Andrew Pollock. He's a fo- father of one of the Parkland shooting victims. The McCloskeys were there. They gave their little five-minute spiel. And again, all these people I watched, and it's like they just said what you would expect them to say. Like the McCloskeys got up, and they said, hey, you might have seen us waving guns recently on the Internet. We're the McCloskeys. Uh, you know, it's important to vote Trump because he's going to protect our right to self-defense and against these angry mobs, you know, like there's just not any one part of that that's like interesting enough to clip because you know exactly what they're going to say. You know? Right. I mean, everything is pre-recorded for these things, assumably, right? Sure, yeah. And I mean, the speeches are written and all of that. I mean, it's I'm not doubting the genuineness of any of it, you know? It just wasn't really like... I didn't think the clip really Cl- not, added. Not many clippable not, moments. There's not There's not really any standout moments. And that's the thing with Trump, too. Um, so Trump actually appeared in uh, where they did the business in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and they got all their business done. They nominated Vice President Pence first for vice president, and they nominated Trump for president, which I guess was like the first time that's happened. Usually huh. the president gets nominated first. I don't know. Seems uh, at least interesting and of note. Yeah. I don't really know what it means, if it means anything at all. But the people that spoke out in Charlotte were Ronna McDaniel, the RNC chair, uh, Scott Walker, former Wisconsin governor, and then uh, Mike Pence and Trump also appeared and did speeches. And I guess Trump talked for like more than an hour, which is another thing about Trump, you know, like at these things, you get him up there and you just get him going and then he's just going to keep going and going and going. And so... There are spots in there that are maybe clippable too, but you're sitting down and waiting for like an hour and 10 minutes of a speech that he's given to find them, you know? Yeah. It's just like, that's probably where all the tri- clippable moments could have come. Absolutely. But that's like another hour and 10 minutes of homework, you know? And then, like a boss, Ronna McDaniel flew over to, well, I guess North Carolina and D.C. aren't incredibly far apart, but she did the D.C. stuff that same night. She was the only one that was, I think, double booked that that day. Uh, let's see. What else did they have? Oh, Kim uh, Guilfoyle. I did not watch her speech. I didn't get to that one. But she is, like, I guess an interesting figure, if you could say the least about it. Because, you know, she's Donald Trump Jr.'s current, like, girlfriend. Right. She left Fox News, but she was, like, a Fox News face for a long time, for a good while. But, like... Two husbands ago was Gavin Newsom of California. Like she was the first oh. lady of California, or the well, I guess it was when he was still mayor, perhaps. But uh, yeah, she was. He was married. <laughs> Two marriages ago. Yeah, so wow. she's she married him and then got divorced, married another guy, and now she's with Mister Donnie Trump Jr. I just is like that's so much to wrap your mind around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it just, absolutely. It's almost like what is this? What is going on here, really? Mm. Uh, Rep. Steve Scalise, Louisiana. Remember him? He got shot at the baseball game. Yep. He's the House Whip, Minority Whip. Uh, Maximo Alvarez is just another guy that they had. He's a Cuban expat, but like he told his story of like fleeing Cuba and fleeing the uh, communists in Cuba. Uh, Nikki Haley did a speech. She's the UN, former UN ambassador. She doesn't have a spot right now and then uh donnie trump jr talked so that's interesting that like his girlfriend and him had a speech that night and then tim scott of south carolina so uh kind of similar stuff um the difference was like the dems talked a lot about how badly we need leadership 
and the Republicans talked about how great the leadership has been, you know. Um, that was kind of the contrast. I thought that the Republicans did add a lot of more, a lot more regular people. It wasn't, it didn't seem as much of like a card carrying club member only type thing like the Dems were. And then the Dems had these weird ass performances, man. I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw the, uh, the one with Stills. Stephen Stills did, uh, um, God damn it. What's the, what's the name of the song? There's something happening. Yeah. What it, for what it's worth, that's it. Um, but with that uh, actor guy, Billy Porter, who was like the guy singing, and he was in this fucking like bat cape, some kind of thing. I don't know, <laughs> some weird like uh, overindulgent actor type costume, and he was like flapping his wings around, just like getting really glittery with it. And it's like, <laughs> what is going on, man? It's so awkward to watch. Um, and yeah. then they have that weird inverted flag, too, that's been going around. I don't know if you see it. I see a couple hmm. in our neighborhood. It's like a, it has something to do with BLM or like a black power, black American movement. But it's like the flags in inverted colors. So there's like red and black stripes and a black field with red stars or something like that. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of jarring to see. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled. Just the color for it. See if I can pull it up. No, that's not it. Anyway, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. But that's my, uh, that's day one kind of contrasted. I think that the biggest thing I have to report is that, like, this extreme difference isn't really necessarily there, I want to say. I don't know. Like, there's still prayers. I only heard the pledge say said once at the DNC, but they did say under God in it. You know, like, I always hear, like, they're taking out, uh, under God out of everything. Um, and they may well have done that at a couple of times somewhere in the convention, and if I find that, I will report back. But the two different times I saw the pledge, when I watched it on night one, they said under God both times, and they included a prayer. So that I, you know, that actually surprised me to see because of the other narrative. Yeah, definitely. Now the DNC was all Zoom calls. The mm -hmm. RNC. The RNC was in the uh, Washington D.C. at the. Uh, it's actually part of the William Jefferson Clinton building, uh, funny enough. But it's called Mellon Auditorium. It's very pretty. Okay. Stone columns and all that. Looks like it could be on the back of a coin or something. But yeah, at the William Jefferson Clinton building. I don't know if that's like unavoidable or if it's like egg in the eye or what's going on there. But yeah, that's an interesting choice. You always have to wonder. Yeah, I think everything seems to have a purpose behind it. People did point out on the DNC logo, I guess I just have to mention too, like the the D contains um what looks kind of like a star morphed into an arrow pointing to the right type thing. Uh but it also kind of looks like a if you rotate it, it kind of looks like the Baphomet at pentagram, the like goat, five the goat's head, the five-pointed point star. star. And then America was in there zero part of the logo so it's like d20 d20 but you could also read it as death to america because of the american uh outline in the last square i just think it's funny how like whether intended or not those subliminal messages can be like at least seen and pointed out because once somebody points you out to that like you can't unsee it exactly it's, it's like the arrow in the fedex logo like yeah. once somebody shows you that every time you see that logo in the future you're going to see that that message, that arrow. And once you 
see the Death to America meme, you look at the D20 logo and you go, well, shit, it says Death to America. Whether it was intended or not, and like, let's all hope not, right? But who knows? Interesting style choice regardless, I would say. Yeah, you must, uh, it, it does make one wonder. Well, hey, if you liked Spencer's segment on day one of the DNC and RNC, leave us a voicemail at 816-607-3663. That's right. And tell him to do more or tell him to stop. Tell him tell just that's enough. For the love enough. of God, man. I don't want to hear about these people anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Um, you also can call and tell us the first time you ever heard a Democrat debate. Or excuse me, a pres- <laughs> presidential debate. <laughs> Democrats only. Democrats. No, presidential debate. You ever hear Democrats debating? First time I ever topic later tonight. Uh, it sounds like this. Well, the science is sound and the science is irrefutable. That's pretty good. Pretty good impression. Thank you. Thank you. I was thinking they were all jitty about <laughs> a shutdown. Yes. Horrible impression. Well, you know, I'm you got a voicemail again. in you. Even if you don't want to talk about anything, talk about something that's nothing. Call 816. That's right, we will play it here on Bowl After Bowl. Thank you, Sir Seat Sitter, for that jingle. Thank you, thank you, thank Love you, it. thank you, thank you. And then Home Sweet Home is always stuck in my head after. <laughs> um, fantastic, uh, fantastically enough, you can also text our voicemail line, Ooh. Uh, like C Mike did. So C Mike let us know via the voicemail text line that uh, he's checking out Bowl After Bowl and texting in. So you can do that too. We might read your stuff on the air if you're ever texting it. Send nudes. Send nudes to eight one six six zero seven three six six three. Um, the pictures do work because one, I th- I don't know if this is a random bot catfish scam or what, but a girl did send us a couple of pictures of herself, allegedly to the line. Um, C Mike says catching up on your podcast archive. I laughed out loud at the idea of a baby after baby podcast. My wife and I have had nine children. The last eight were at home water births, all with midwives, sometimes with a doula. My wife has said she would like to be a doula or midwife once the kids are older. Oh, our people. Yeah. Our people. Nine children. Nine. That's epic. I know, right? We need to New get, goal. We need to get going. <laughs> I was like four, four. Well, he nice. got beat by his friend who called him out as a douchebag. That's right. Who has 10 kids. I don't know if you heard all of that. The last no agenda. See Mike, though, he dropped hints that he's coming up on knighthood, that it might be happening in the near future. Nice. Maybe not the next show, but the show after that show. So be on the lookout for my boy, See Mike. And that's awesome, his wife wanting to be a midwife or a doula. Mm-hmm. I think once you've had that positive experience, you just want to make it happen for every other expecting mom, if you can. Yeah. You know, because you're like, hey, I know you can do it. I did it. I know you can have a wonderful birth experience. I did. Yeah. Like too much horror story, too many horror stories out there clouding up the water. It's true. Well, a lot of people are just like terrified and the fear reinforces like the fear. It's like a feedback loop because they're like, 
that was the one thing, and I know I've said this before, but that was the one thing that surprised me the most when talking to other people about how we're going to do a home birth or like how we have a midwife and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, I could never do that because blah, 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 blah. And then they'd start telling some horror story that happened in a hospital birth. And I'm like, and well, the- yeah, like what you just said kind of is part of the reason why I want to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I had a kind of a shit birth when I was born, like coming in. And, you know, it was because, like, the guy delivering me was kind of a fucking twat, you know? Oh, wow. And sometimes you just get an asshole. There's only so many beds, baby. They got to keep them moving. There's other babies that need to be born. It's a business at the hospital. It's like a factory setting. You know? And that's not how birth works. Like, it can slow down. It can speed up. It, you know, it's a, it's natural. Mm-hmm. You just got to let it happen. But you can't just... Hang out and let it happen in a hospital, cause right, cause it's like, oh, it's been three hours now. Proceed to this procedure to speed it up. Oh, it's been this long, so now we're gonna go in there and yank it. Yeah, and unfortunately, when a woman's in labor, if she ha- doesn't have a midwife or anyone representing her, a husband who's well read, she can get roped into things that she doesn't want to happen that mm-hmm. are like totally wrong and totally against her will. I think episiotomies are one of those things. They will just slice you open to speed things up just because, you know? They're not going to ask you, is it okay? And then guess what? That's a charge on your bill. Snip your taint. Is that the deal? Yeah. They cut, they slice down from your vagina into your perineum. They just like slice it open so that the baby's head will just like come right out. And honestly, once the baby's in the canal right there, like it's a pretty, that's the end. It's not going to be that much harder. The hard part is getting it past, like, the hip bones and into the canal. At least for me. That was, like, when all the pain occurred. And then once they're locked and loaded, it's like, go time. Here's the baby. Hmm. But that's awesome. I can't wait to see C-Mike at a meetup. Do we have a No Agenda meetup coming up? We are tentatively planning one uh, for, I want to say, the 25th. Let me check my calendar right here quick. Uh, the 25th is going to look like the date, so... Is that a Friday? It is a Friday. Okay. It's a Friday evening. Location still to be determined. We're trying to see if any place will, like, be cool on the mask thing. because uh, we're not really interested in wearing a mask. Um, and that way I can pitch the meetup as a big C-Mic deal, as a mask-free zone, as all this, and... I'm going to even produce a little sound clip for to send to Adam, see if he'll play it. Ooh, all right. Um, oh, and then next the month. Plan. And then next month. Next month is settled one. because on Halloween, Halloween falls on a Saturday. Oh, you so got your wolf howl clip? I do have a wolf howl clip in here somewhere. God damn it. Hall- don't worry about it. Halloween's a Saturday, and Knuckleheads is doing an MTV 80s party. So, duh, we are going to be there. With the No Agenda crowd. I am a lone wolf. I am a lone wolf. Thank you, Economic Hitman, for that clip. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hang on. Go ahead. I am the wolf of Kansas City, after all. Yes. And I am DeLorean. (laughs) DeLorean. (laughs) Aptly named. (laughs) That's Dame DeLorean to you. Yeah, that's Dame DeLorean. To all the bowlers out there, Lorian and Spencer. We're just Lorian. I love that. <sighs> Lauren Rose. Well, I think it's Lorene. I think it's Lorene. Oh, Lorian. 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 Yes. Lorian. Lorian. Wow. John picked it up faster than Adam on that one. They read forward, I think, and saw the. It's like the Lorian without, without the duh. duh. 
Bing bong, yep. bing bing bong. Now I get to tell kids it's Mandalorian without Manda. But if it's Dalorian, then it's without man. But I only go by Dalorian <laughs> in the No Agenda Circle. Dame Dalorian. Dame Dalorian. Yes. Well, now that we've got that settled. All right. You want to roll? You want to roll? I'm game. I'm game. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. We need something like. Uh, now it's time for strikes oh. and spears. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. There you go. I mean, that's a good one, I think. We'll just do we, fuck it, We're dude. in desperate need of transitional <laughs> jingles or something. I keep telling you, I'm like, oh, where's my top 333 jingle? Yeah. My well. fault. I need to make it. That's It's all my fault. Anyway, here's a story for the kids. A Massachusetts woman walked in on her husband having sex with his mom. That's kind of nasty, bro. Man, this grossed me out. This is a super yucky one. Like, <laughs> the woman said to the police officers, like, I really thought, I thought there was something going on, and now that's confirmed. And, like, <laughs> you thought something. there was something, quote, unquote, something going on with your husband, but that something that you thought was going on was that he was fucking his mom? No. That's kind of funny. That's, like, an out of there. You get that vibe. <laughs> if you meet a person and you get that vibe that, hey, you know, I kind of feel like something's going on. I think they might be doing it with their parent. You get the fuck out of there, dude. Just leave. That's not okay in any way. Anyway, this court hearing happened August 20th. Which Listen, is what you motherfuckers. Do we see you, motherfuckers? He is a motherfucker. <laughs> he is. Listen, you motherfuckers. I didn't know that he was going to blast it that loud, but... Uh... He's hot. <laughs> Trumpy is hot. So the court hearing was August 20th, which is when all of this emerged. Um, but the actual arrest date was May 19th. Oh, Jesus. So it was like in court documents of like that he was found with his mom or what? Yes. All the gory details. And the mom and him both admitted that they had consensual sex mm. to the cops when they got arrested. They just were like, yeah, we're doing it. It, 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 they both said this was the first time it ever happened. They were playing video games. Yeah, right. They started kissing. They took their clothes off, and then they were doing it. Oh, Jesus And the wife Christ. says she walked into his mom on top of him. For anyone that's curious about these details, <laughs> well, I had it. to read a bit. Wow, you got it all the way down to the absolute So details, now, they, just in time for Halloween, they're going back to court October 27th. Oh, oh no. Oh. They were arraigned and released on personal reconnaissance, told not to see each other, obviously. Um, and if convicted for felony incest, which uh, when you both said you did it, you're probably going to be. Wow, they felony incest. Yeah, that's a thing. That's fucking wild. <laughs> they faced two and a half to 20 years if convicted. I mean, okay, it's fucked all the way to the ground. Fucking your mom. Yeah. You can't do that, okay? No. But I don't know if a prison sentence really helps in this That's situation. That's what I was surprised about. I thought, I didn't know this would be a prison sentence. I yeah, thought this would be like a mental health issue. Like, yeah, something okay, like that. we're going to separate these people and we're going to force them to be in a hospital for a while. You, yeah. You know? No. Felony incest. Felony incest, man. That's kind of wild, actually. In a consensual situation. I'm Especially not, in a consensual situation. I'm, not that I'm condoning it in any way, I'm gonna obviously. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with that. Big even, old yuck Even though, me. yeah, there's definitely... I mean, bro, you can't go around fucking your mom. 
No. You can't even, you don't even have to go around. You can't, like, stay in and fuck your mom. You can't be fucking your mom, dude. No. That's just not cool. It's not at all cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a shocker. I don't know how a prison sentence helps. Uh, and felonies and all that shit. Probably sex offender list. Probably like I don't know. Like I don't know either because that's the thing too. Is like they're both adults and they're and it's consensual. Right. The uh. thing I think is like for a lot of the incest laws, especially like with cousins or closer, you greatly increase your chance of genetic uh, inbreeding disabilities. But that's if you're like conceiving, right? You know? And he's in his forties, and she's in her early sixties. Yeah. So I don't think like conception's no. on the table. The oven is decommissioned. That's let's right. Say, at that point. So they go to prison, and, like, <laughs> then they're there with hardened criminals. Hardened criminals. I say that. Well, shit. They're in there I getting need... hard with criminals, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Expanding their horizons, perhaps. Holy Maybe it'll be fuck. a good we experience. We should have gone behind the curtain for this noise. Oh, well, it's not too late. I'm sorry. That was rude of me. Blocking your mom out here in front <laughs> of everyone. Take that shit behind the curtain, man. Wow, he's That was a gutter ball for sure. Bro, I don't even have enough balls to throw I... in the gutter in disgust. Dude. I can't believe what I was reading. I had to reread it like three times because I was just like in awe. I was like, wait, fucking his mom, right? Like I was thinking the wife's mom. Yeah. Every yeah. time I read it because my brain was just like Stacey's fucking his mother-in-law. Yeah, okay. I can see that. On. Own mom, no. And like... Well, once you get to felony incest, then it's just like the record goes... Yeah. And it's over. It is over. It's O-V-A over. But also, like, hey, Massachusetts, represent. <laughs> I was I was surprised when they came out of Mass. But also, not really. Totally see weirdo, weirdo stuff going <laughs> hey, on. Hey, there. there's freaks all over this great I land. I know there's freaks all over, but you know <laughs> some what? Some of them uh, you can stomach, and some of them not so much. A lot of the people I grew up with have never been to Kansas City or Missouri. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, y'all inbreeding hicks. Yeah. yeah. You do math. And I'm like, uh, look in the mirror, fuckwit. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Taunton Mass? <laughs> it's like the heroin fentanyl capital of your little area that you've never taken a plane out of to explore further. Yeah, a lot of people have like uh, big ideas about how things work in places they've isn't never, never that, been. Isn't that lovely when you meet people like that? It's just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, you know, unless I know something personally and like witnessed it with my own eyes, man. Like, you know, yeah, hey, it's all allegedly. It might be bullshit. Yeah, well, you know, once it winds up in the court documents with confessions <laughs> and everyone was there and saw it, and some poor sergeant had to write down the fucking the dirty deets. Your mom was on top. Fuck. Yeah. So hey, I'll come back with an update. End of October. Perfect for Halloween. The perfect time to resurrect this story. There you go. So my next story, I'm I am glad we're behind the curtain for this one. Too. Oh wow, you had some good ones. Huh? A woman bought a turkey tail from a grocery store. It was a save a lot if you care. <laughs> she started making her beans and her pot on the stove and tossed the meat in when she realized, wait a minute, that doesn't look like a turkey tail. That looks like a penis. So she pulled it out, 
She said she was going to call Save a lot, say, hey, I think you got something mixed up. I got a penis in my turkey tail package. <sighs> I don't know penis. how she didn't notice it. She started realizing there's like a hole on the end. Ay, ay, ay. She ended up getting so freaked out, she called the police. And they came, and they had to take a look at the meat penis <laughs> and write down these details and get a, uh, I believe they had a coroner at the scene, like a medical examiner. And I will let you know that the examiner said that it was not a penis. It was a pork bone of some sort. Pork tail. It pork was a, tail. It was a pigtail, basically. But either way, that lady should be calling Save a Lot to say, hey, man, I bought a turkey tail. It says turkey tail here right here on the package, and that is a pork tail. I know because I had an examiner. I know because medical examiner. cops came out. Examine it. Oh, my God, bro. That was so funny. I do have some clips if you want, but I'm going to have to load them into my clipinator. So if you give me several seconds for me to get doing that. But I put it in a folder aptly titled Penis Beans <laughs> so that I'd be able to find it real quick. Let me see. This is the longest clip I have of it. It's 14 seconds, and it kind of just sums up. She was up on that Facebook Live oh, being yes. like, look at this, y'all. Look at this, y'all. To Some... be honest, it does at the tip kind of have this glands-looking penis head type shape to it. But like, yeah, like the mushroom head look. Other than that, <laughs> not really looking much like a penis. But when it's like a cooked meat product, you the brain can kind of start to go like, well, I don't fucking know once I cook it what it fucking like still looks like, you know? So, yeah, definitely. I mean. And she's getting hyped up on the live too, you know? Her friends oh, yeah. are calling her. <laughs> girl, that's a penis, girl. This is supposed to be a turkey tail, but, but. it's sort of kind of familiar. <laughs> you don't see that? Is my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> On what that look like, y'all tell me. I think it's my eyes deceiving me. Bro, she got so many. I got two different. But, <laughs> but, 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 but. Oh, but it's a hole here. <laughs> this is the third hole. This is where she found the hole. So she like pulled it out because she was like, man, maybe that ain't a penis. She even said, "All right, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that it's a, a pork tail, like a pig tail." Like she even mentioned that was a possibility like man until she found this hole at the tip but it's a hole it's a hole right here that i can stick this fork down into that gave me further revelation that somebody is missing with this <laughs> that gave me further revelation that somebody's missing with this oh man this shit is so good dude when you sent me uh this is serious I called the police. I got. Do you all see that? I I wish I had put these all on my board, but I just didn't have the time. So I'm playing them at a Winamp. <laughs> so I'm trying to hit stop real fast. That's what's going on. <laughs> One piece at a time of our little setup. But uh, they got the wrong thing in them beans and <laughs> them necktails. <laughs> I think they put the wrong thing in them necktails. <laughs> Such a great story. Oh, man. You got to watch the. Uh... Her Facebook live video. Her name's. Lamia Singfield out of Akron, Ohio. Somebody's body part is in my beans. <laughs> I am still going to eat my beans because I'm not wasting no food. This is <laughs> I'm not wasting no food. 
Hell no. You don't waste those beans. Oh my god, bro. The medical examiners and everybody's on their way to my house. Look, they look so good. The medical. Boy, you took a lot of clips. I did. Uh, they'll all sound much better when I work them into the board. I might even make a mix out of this lady because it oh, was so got fucking to. funny, bro. The sergeant don't even know what to do. They was, they was like, that is somebody's penis. <laughs> this is serious. Do y'all see that? I called the police. I got to log off. I got to talk to my husband. Nah. Oh, I like that. I gotta log off. I gotta talk to my husband. Is my eyes deceiving me? Is my eyes deceiving me? I love this. Oh boy, that is a scary thought though. That someone's walking around missing a member or, you know, dead in a ditch. And shuddery, shuddery. Their members in your bean bowl. <laughs> yeah, she definitely was shrugging it off because she wasn't gonna eat the turkey neck anyway. She wasn't gonna eat the meat. She was just boiling it with the beans for flavor. That sounds like dog, dog. There we go. There we go. There goes that humming. Tonight. Technical difficulties all around. One new input to try and make my mix minus work all sexy. Even though we don't even Skype anybody at this point, I would like to be able to eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Have a guest sometime, maybe. Kind of join in. Or even like, if we get that finally ironed out, then we can open the voicemail line to take live calls if we wanted to. But uh, that's in the works uh, for possible future stuff. All right. I'm not feeling good about this ball I'm about to throw down the lane. Oh, no. A Detroit embalmer opened a body bag and found a 20-year-old woman very much alive after a local emergency room declared her dead. Isn't that the shit just straight out of a horror scene? Like... what you would never, ever want to happen to you, ever. Yeah, it gets a lot worse. This is a really sad story, actually. Oh, fuck. Uh, Tamisha Bucamp was born with cerebral palsy, and she was in that body bag for three hours after she was. her family found her unresponsive and like foaming at the mouth with pale lips. So they obviously called 911. The fire department showed up, tried to perform CPR, could not revive her, and then they took her to the hospital where she was pronounced dead now she has since been put on a ventilator um at sinai grace hospital in detroit and she is listed in critical condition but the firefighters the four firefighters who responded to the call they've all been put on administrative leave but obviously they have they have all issued public apologies yeah. So what? Like they didn't get a pulse or what? Like how do you declare? Isn't aren't there some I don't steps know. that you have to go through to declare somebody dead? I don't understand how the emergency room declared her dead. A firefighter, you know, you got your adrenaline up. You're looking for the pulse. Sure. And like the grandma said, when she called, she had a very faint pulse. Okay. Like it was hard to find. So like her heart rate is very slowed down. Your adrenaline's up. You're trying to save this life, you know, and you're just not finding it. So you're like, well, what do we do? We get her to the emergency room. But for them to declare her dead, just not cool, man. And then also with all the COVID nonsense, people wearing masks, not communicating well as it is. Like, jeez, this is just a nightmare. Yeah. And it's just like maybe she wouldn't be in critical condition if she didn't get left in a body bag for three fucking hours. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. You know? Pretty fucked. But yeah, that's a, that's my third gutter ball. Okay. I, I'm feeling better now, though. I think I'm warmed up. I think I can get some strikes. Okay. So let's see where this next ball lands. Hopefully it doesn't curve hard to the left like all the last ones did. All right, so uh, some workers 
were raising a community center in Merriam, Kansas, and they found a time capsule. Oh, all right. I love time capsules. Yeah, it was in a cornerstone in the oldest part of the building, which dated to 1911. Damn, so they nobody really knew it was still there? That's correct. That's cool. They only found it because they were demolishing the place. Tight. And the tin that it was in was just starting to decompose, they said. So, like, everything inside Perfect was timing. still good. Yeah, but any longer, it probably would have started falling apart. The papers inside, there. okay, so there were papers inside. It was... Um, Laws Relating to the Common Schools of Kansas pamphlet from 1909, a list of all those present when the cornerstone was set, and the signatures of students and other Merriam residents, including descendants of the city's founder, David G. Campbell, who settled the area in 1864. Fun fact, Merriam was originally called Campbellton, but later renamed for a railroad official. Ain't that a bitch. Found a town, name it yourself, somebody renames it. Somebody's like, well, you're not the railroad guy. The railroad guy's coming through with trains. That's right. Chugga chugga choo choo. Name it after his ass. But I thought that was cool. That was cool. They're working with I've always a... wanted to open a time capsule. I think that'd be tight. Yes. I feel like I was involved in one sometime, but I don't remember at all the context or what we did or when it's supposedly going to be on Earth or anything like that. I was involved in one. When I switched to public school, but I'm pretty sure all I did yeah, was that like that was where mine happened. Some kind of yeah, public school. Yeah, this was third grade because I remember because that's when I switched into public school from private school, and I think all I did was sign my name to a piece of paper, <laughs> like hello, I was the third grade class <laughs> of this year. <laughs> Present. <laughs> yeah, and too bad, but you know, geocaching can sometimes be like finding a time capsule. It was a bit like that. Yeah, you know, especially yeah, uh, you know. Sometimes there's high turnover on the easy ones. Anyway, a Florida fisherman broke the state's record for largest flathead catfish ever caught when he caught one that was 69.9 pounds. 69, dude. That's right. The previous record was set in 2019 at 69.3 pounds. Dang. And they got their cats out of the same place, the Yellow River, which runs from Pensacola Bay in Florida, in the Florida Panhandle, north into Alabama. Ooh. Yeah. So if you, uh, you know, want to break that record. On that Bama line. You Yellow go to River. the Yellow River. Yellow River. River to big old catfish. I like me some catfish. Me too. I like me some catfish. Yes, yeah, so. Now, you know, one thing I was hoping to see more of when the COVID thing struck is, like, ingenuity. Entrepreneurs are rising around us. And, you know, people defying mask orders. But if I can take one, I'll take it. And so this British gentleman, who's a ferry boat owner, has worked for 27 years in the cruise industry and decided to put his expertise to use by offering ghost ship tours of the cruise ships that are currently moored in the English Channel due to the pandemic. The alleged pandemic, of course. I thought that was pretty cool. That's tight, yeah. What a way to intimately view a ship. Yeah, that'd be really neat. And learn all about it firsthand. And do something during COVID. Because, like, there's not that much. Then regular spots are mostly closed or very limited bowling alleys just sitting quiet uh-oh uh-oh what's uh-oh dwadenham sent me a voice clip for me 
and I don't even know what it is. We're just going to open it up. Okay. I'm going to come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice one. That's a great one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Where I download, click. There we go. I'm going to come. Yeah. That is a great one. Thank uh, you, Duodenum. I think I might come. Don't go. Don't come. Don't do anything. That one was all the way in the right channel. Man, I just need to burn my whole clip file to burn the ground. My <laughs> I need to Sorry. burn my whole. <laughs> Zwing! Burn your whole clip file to the ground. And just reset it where everything's level and nothing's playing like super low. Yeah, how does that happen? Make uh, musical things? Just a bu bumped octave. I oh, think it shoot. was this one. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. And then it was. No. No, that was the same one. <laughs> it wasn't even lower. So far tonight, I'm average. There it is. But will it stay the same? I don't know. No, because gremlins. Gremlins, man. Or Gr gnomes. I'm not sure at this point. Well, the gnomes, I don't know if they fuck with the, the electronic stuff, you know? Fair enough. They kind of just like the nature and shit. Yeah, but, you know, we're down here. It's Far close to the outside. The little gnome home is like right above where we are. You know what I mean? In mm -hmm. that front garden. Mm -hmm. I got that gnome door. Maybe I should pick it up. Move it somewhere else. I'm blaming the gnomes when I'm just <laughs> fucking inept. <laughs> hey, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. No, <laughs> oh, just like that. See if I go uh, down for that one. If I go up for that one, then this one gets all fucked up. Are you accusing me of being dumb? Yes. Hey, I know. Unfortunately. Dumb motherfucker. You brought up face sack earlier. Yeah, sorry. Well, fuck them. Fuck Zuck. And you know why? Why? Because he kicked my our good buddies Cheech and Chong off a of face bag. Oh, He got rid of their fan page. He deleted their personal accounts. Man. For, like, you know, you're suspended. Smoke weed every day. And so, hopefully you got my clip. But Cheech, Cheech had a message for Mark. A message for Mark. Message for Mark the Nark. <laughs> the party pooper. Hi, this is Cheech. And this is a message for Mark Zuckerberg. Now, Mark, you're CEO of Facebook. And you recently deleted the Cheech and Chong accounts. And my account and Tommy's private account. I want you to know that all these violations were, were not my fault. They were, they were Tommy's fault, and he doesn't listen to anybody. You know, I told him not to do it, but, you know, that's good luck. So I'm taking over, and we're going to have really good content from now on. So you know me. You can trust Don't me. worry about Tommy. I'll just tell him it was his idea, and he won't know the difference. <laughs> uh, so you want to talk about things, just contact me directly or DM me. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, take good. Congratulations, <laughs> and, and send me some free shit. <laughs> Chief is so stoned. He literally just said, "Take good, yeah, so take good," and uh, you know, it's <laughs> not my fault. And, uh, everything's fine though. God loves Cheech. Hell oh yeah. Jesus Christ! And fuck face bag. I know everyone's kicked and kicked off for every little stupid bullshit. Fucking waste of time. Yeah, you haven't. <laughs> I left in what 2015, 2016. I haven't looked back since, except for when you had to make an account for your toolkit your real estate toolkit and i told you that's a crock of shit and look at you now you don't have the app you don't go on you hate it it sucks pretty much ball sack that's what i feel about facebook yeah anyway what can i say anyway anyway 
Historical news. The first ever comprehensive marijuana legalization bill. Yes, I've been hearing about this. To ever be considered for a full House floor vote. Will be voted the week of September 21st. Be watching this one closely because that's an interesting one. Now, this includes expungement. That's right. And it includes um, descheduling, a total <laughs> descheduling, not rescheduling, but descheduling. That's right. Just which we've been asking for, for for years, and which actually is one of the most egregious parts remaining in federal law is its, is its schedule, uh, is its spot at the Schedule 1 list at the DEA. It's terrible. Stupid. Uh, now, I, I do have to say for the Red Book, I don't expect this to go anywhere. No, and it won't. <laughs> that's why I noted it's historic just because it's receiving the vote. Yeah, it it hasn't got this far before. But the, well, as you all know, in order to pass a law, the Senate and the House have to pass the same version of the bill. The Senate's not going to pass yeah, that's this. Happen. The <laughs> Senate might be more likely to pass the States Act. Um which, like the name implies, would defer to states uh, in all of their state pro- state medical marijuana or recreational marijuana programs and um, end federal intervention officially, legally. Um, and I see that as probably m- something more likely to reconcile both houses or both chambers, I should say. Sure. But really what we need is the one that's to the vote. That's a really good law, and I hope it passes. Yeah, it is really good. I hope it could... Uh, actually happen because what that does is it fixes a lot of people's records who are fucked and it also you know it totally cuts the whole legal mechanism of the federal enforcement anyway the whole scheduling thing is not only what's in the way of people just being left the fuck alone and not going to jail for tremendous felonies but it also gets in the way of any kind of research any kind of medical application anything like that so uh the descheduling is like a super needed one yeah, absolutely. Now, in bomber news, Oklahoma activists have abandoned their recreational bill yeah. because they weren't able to get enough signatures. COVID's tough time to collect signatures, <sighs> I would imagine, man. I've been a signature collector, and uh, this is not the uh, cycle to no. get it done as a grassroots guy, for sure. Oh. Probably but a lot of the a lot of the supporters of this particularly probably like wouldn't want to ap- approach anyone or be approached right now. Foot traffic's down to no- next to nothing. If you can have it delivered, you're getting it delivered. If you can pick it up curbside, you're doing that. It's just like, bleh, no one wants to fuck with it. No. It's too bad. But speaking of curbside, there is a company that just got a bunch of startup money from heavy hitters. They're called Dutchie. They're um, an e-commerce, e-commerce platform based in Bend, Oregon, that helps dispensaries facilitate online orders. And they raised $35 million in new funding. From people like the former Starbucks chairman, 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 <laughs> oh, <laughs> chairman, Howard Schultz, Snoop Dogg, and NBA star Kevin Durant. Oh, Jesus. They claim to process 10% of all legal sales worldwide across 30 markets in 301 U.S. and Canadian cities. Damn, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of the market. And as you can imagine with Corona, I'm sure business is just booming for online orders, pickups, delivery. Massachusetts is actually going to be voting on delivery licenses at the end of the month or middle of the month. (coughs) Oh, shit. So, you know, it's just wild being in a state with uh, nothing pretty much right now, you know? 
yeah, a medical it'll be program. Interesting with once those dispensaries start to open, what it starts to look like. But yes, but everything's off schedule because because of, of Corona. Yeah, nobody nobody knows what's going on now. No, and then you see these places. It's like, oh yes, I just opened my app and ordered an eighth just because I wanted to try this new strain that was recommended to me on the app. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Must it's be a, fucking nice. I said it when we went to Cannabis Cup. I'll say it every fucking time. It's like going to a different country. You know, you are just in a different world. Yeah, it is wild. You're like, oh wow, I can just buy weed, smoke weed, talk about weed in front of wherever, not have to get weird looks. I can smell like weed. No one's gonna stop me. Ay ay ay. Ay ay ay. The future. The future is green, people. The future is green. You sent me a fair number of clips. Yeah, I'll call upon you when I need them. Okay. I'm glad you have them. I was starting to wonder if they were ever received. I just wanted to make sure you knew that I knew. Yeah. That you knew. I know that you know that I know that you know. As you can imagine, with all the Rona bull crap, people want to smoke weed. So retail sales are continuing to steadily increase in all of these states that have recreational legalized just breaking records california sold 348 million in july june 198.9 for colorado wow and they said that they think july they don't have the july numbers yet but they anticipate that's going to be higher and in illinois which some of my clips are from they broke record with 61 million and that sounds low compared to the other ones but then I realized from listening to this report that they're not counting medical sales. Oh, wow. Illinois dispensary set another sales record in July. $61 million in recreational marijuana sales last month was a 28% increase over June, according to the Illinois Department of Professional and Financial Regulation. Now, this does not include medical marijuana sales. So far this year, recreational marijuana dispensaries in Illinois sold $300 million worth of products. Yeah. Holy shit. They're making those sales. It was funny. I'm going to skip over my clips just because we're going long, people. Call the affiliates. We are going long. <laughs> but um, when they first launched their program, they were having all these problems with the state software, which is called BioTrack. Hmm. And, you know, it literally uses your license to just, like, keep track of how much you're buying so that you're buying up to the amount you're allowed and all this. It's just so silly to me. Like, can you imagine if you go in to buy beer and they're like, oh, social security number? And then they, like, look up and they're like, oh, sir, you've bought shh, you over bought 300 cans. Beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. You bought 330 you. cans. Like, fuck you. Don't look at what I'm doing. It's mind your own business. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I got parties at the house, you know? And it's just weird, too, also to think that, like, if someone who didn't have a card or a number, however they're assigned, got pulled over with the weed that you gave to them or whatever, like, it could potentially be traced all the way back to who bought it and when. That's just crazy. It's just mind-boggling. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so weed's doing great. Weed is an essential service. Obviously, Oregon, $106 million. And Jeez. now... Hearing this, seeing this, just watching it work and happen. Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf has urged lawmakers to legalize recreational weed. And the Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, he is all about it. Play my Fetterman clip. Fetterman. How do you spell Fetterman? F E T T E R. 
And with the news, Fetterman tweeting this morning, legal weed in PA, pass it on. He also changed his personal Twitter page's avatar to a marijuana leaf with the caption, Governor Wolf asks lawmakers to legalize marijuana. So Lieutenant Governor, you retweeted Governor Wolf today with the text, my boy. How are you feeling about what happened? My, my dude. Uh, my dude. My, and uh, yeah, I, I did because um, Important distinction. I'm so there. grateful to the governor for acknowledging what we all need to know in this time is, is that we need to uh, legal marijuana is serious policy for these serious times. <laughs> oh, it's my dude. <laughs> it's my, yo, I didn't call him my boy. I said he was my dude. Exactly. Man. It's important distinction. It is. I thought so. Uh, Hawaii, however, their program is struggling be with the pandemic because they set up an out-of-state medical program that lets tourists get a temporary medical card while they're there. And they were really depending on those tourism numbers for their sales. So they actually, their sales have dropped steadily and like alarmingly since, um, since we started hearing about the Rona every damn day, getting the mask BS shoved on to us. I think, uh, yeah, like their out-of-state registry fell from 718 people to 95 people. Jeez. And um, they only have 86 participants. So, yeah, that's tough. But, hey, hopefully when tourism comes back, it comes back hard and they make up for it and prosper. It's so wild on. that, like, some of these states, like, now depend on certain tourism that like ends up in people driving <laughs> with weed through kansas and different shit like that you know yes like, it's like a tourism industry that creates felonies yeah it's interesting it's isn't fucking it? wild dude we live in such a crazy liminal time yeah well not everyone is getting it yet though and it's still not everyone's on board why don't you play my i uh what did i name the clip nebraska Ricketts. I got Nebraska one. Cool. Yeah. Governor. There is no Ricketts. such thing as medical marijuana. This is not something that's going to be prescribed by a doctor. It's not going to be distributed through a pharmacy, right? These are dispensaries that will be in your communities. And we have seen the effect in other states when they do this. People show up to work stoned. Oh, no. And that puts them at greater risk for accidents on the job. Uh, we know that this has a huge impact on children. You know, their, their development, their, you know, their cognitive development, they're developing in their brain is impacted when they have access to marijuana. And we know that in states that have legalized it, that those rates go up. Nope. So this is not some, this is not a benign thing. Is, this is a dangerous thing. And that's why I certainly encourage uh, Nebraskans to take a look at this. And obviously we'll see what the outcome of the, the lawsuits are. Oh, think of the children. Now, that I did see a study that just wrapped up recently that showed that teen use did not increase in legal states. That's right. I saw another study because he said something about showing up at work. They actually conducted research in the 70s and 80s to see how stoned people performed on an average workday. So they interviewed 281 employees and their supervisors. And for people who got high at work, it's like their counterproductive behavior score was like a little bit higher. Um, and it said that they had an overall like negative outlook towards the organization but got along much better with their coworkers. <laughs> fuck authority and then uh <laughs> but for people who smoked after work in their downtime and like because th those were people that smoked at work 
for people who were smoking <laughs> in their downtime, you know, just to relax, they got high scores all across the board of all this criteria they used for their research hmm. and just were the same as everyone else. Interesting. But of course, you know, it's wild to think about how THC, how long it takes to metabolize in your body. It's like, shit, you'd smoke once and get popped for a drug test a few weeks later and yeah. screwed. It is sort of unique in that one of the fat soluble drugs, so it sticks around in your fat cells forever. I pulled us off course, though. So Nebraska is in a weird situation. They had medical marijuana on the ballot, on the 2020 ballot, but then a, the Lancaster County Sheriff, Terry Wagner, decided to file a challenge to the Secretary of State's ruling that it qualified to be on the ballot, despite collecting well over the 122,000 signatures they required. He argues that the measure violates state rules by requ- which require ballot measures to focus on a single question. And he has separated the two questions it poses into one, whether residents should have the right to use marijuana for medicinal purposes, and two, whether private companies should be allowed to grow and sell it. Like, come on, dude. My Red Book prediction for this is it's going to be on the ballot. Yeah. But I thought it was a total bummer to hear the governor sounding just like all those PSAs we listened to last week. Yeah, it's true. Yeah? I mean, they're going to just keep hammering on the same points. These points never change. The, pub, yeah. the public health guys are going to say the same thing, and the anti-pot governors, but they're, you know, they're getting their asses kicked in public opinion polls, so. Yeah. That's not, you know, they're not going to be able to just keep saying the same stuff everyone knows is crap for much longer. That's right. In Maine, a federal judge ruled that Portland, Maine, can't enforce its scoring criteria giving license preferences to local businesses after a New York company came at them with an injunction. Sorry, I had a brain fart. (laughs) Portland plans to issue 20 retail marijuana licenses, and they use a scoring system that gives five points to applicants who already own a business in Maine for like at least five years. Hmm. So they're saying, oh, no, no, you can't do that. We're from New York, and we want to move in, and that's just not Uh, fair. Discrimination or whatever. Yeah. And so someone, the judge actually called it... unconstitutional i was like well i don't i'm not sure well it's a little bit protectionist i suppose but you know i can see how maybe you'd want to be yeah so anyway they'll probably be moving in there and sales are going to begin or they look like they are on track to begin october 9th which is four years after residents voted to legalize recreational marijuana fucking long doesn't it yeah they were expected to start in march but hey we all know how that went this year (laughs) yeah exactly uh let's see so in 2018 vermont passed personal possession they legalized personal possession and now negotiations are underway to regulate and tax the sale of recreational weed. But it's been totally delayed due to the Rona. Sure. I um, guess they'd probably just pass a bill through their house, yeah. Yeah, th- they have different versions of a commerce bill going through the House and Senate right now. And a six-person bicameral panel was formed to resolve the disparities between the versions. Some of the issues that came up were putting a THC cap of 30% THC on products. No. Right? Uh, excise tax rate... The latest proposed figure for that was 14%. Way too fucking high. Still debating it. Um, yeah, on the House draft, they have warrantless saliva DUI testing on there, and they to- they slipped an unrelated seatbelt mandate in there. Like, what? 
They're Fuck always off. doing some fucking shit. That's why you got to do a constitutional amendment <laughs> so you can write it yourself and Th- collect the signatures. And Things that are receiving all-around support, though, are provisions to automatically expunge prior convictions, which is really good, and also raise the personal possession from one ounce to two ounces. Hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Gonna, uh, I mean, if you're going to legalize the personal possession, just legalize it. I Why know. Is this, I what's this fucking two ounce limit shit? Yeah. Again, imagine someone coming into your house and, whoa, you have more than two cans of beer in the fridge. I mean, Christ, you harvest one plant and you're over a two ounce limit. That's just stupid. Yeah. Well, I don't see anything about growing on there, though. You know? Mm. And yeah, it, sure. Not giving people the ability to grow is just stupid. That is stupid. <clears throat> well, if you wanted to be a professional weed sniffer for the Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Board, sorry to say, applications that closed last Monday, and I forgot to remind you the Tuesday before. I know. You can leave me an angry voicemail at 816-607-3663. So a state law passed earlier this year mandated the establishment of a marijuana odor task force. But the State Liquor and Cannabis Board said they can't do it without the aid of a private vendor with relevant expertise, as is written in the law. These people will have to research the ways to address the smell and investigate if there's any harmful impacts to the odors and emissions produced by cultivation and processing facilities on the people who live and work nearby. The contractor of choice will be announced September 4th, so two days from now. And they will secure the job until March 2021. Imagine that on the resume. I was a professional weed sniffer. That would be so cool. Marijuana odor task force. I want a badge. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the nug sniffer. I'm the nug sniffer. Walking down the street. Smells like that. Good, good. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a job to do. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Well, hey. I think I've babbled on about weed long enough. Well, you want to talk weed. about our uh, this week's first time I ever? Yeah, sure. I don't know where the topic came up from because we sure didn't announce it on the last show. No, we didn't. Uh, but we went with first time I ever listened to presidential debate. That's right. And uh, if you want to get in on this action right quick, you can call 816-607-3663 and tell us about the first time you, or the first presidential debate you watch, essentially. First time I ever saw a presidential debate. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. The first time I ever saw a presidential debate. And you have to start it like that. You have to repeat the question. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's no rules in the bold. Oh. Okay, so the first one I watched was 2004, Kerry versus Bush. Ah, okay. Bush versus Kerry. Yes. Nice. I had to watch it for school. They were going to take a vote of the students, like a run, like a mock presidential election amongst the student body. And I wanted to be well informed. So like it wasn't a requirement to watch the debate, but I wanted to watch it for myself and decide for myself who I would vote for. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that election cycle. Um there was jibjab.com that would do these oh. little flash videos, and they did this, this land is your land, this land is my land with the Bush Carry guys. Please play it. That shit was, like, hype. I remember this. <laughs> Jibjab. Jibjab, man. Jib. 
This land is your land. This land is my land. I'm a Texas tiger. You're a liberal wiener. I'm a great crusader. You're a Herman Munster. <laughs> this land will surely vote for me. This land is your land. This land is my land. I'm an intellectual. You're a stupid dumbass. I'm a Purple Heart winner. And yes, it's true, I won it thrice. This land will surely vote for me. You have more waffles than a house of pancakes. You offer flip-flops. I offer tax breaks. You're a UN pussy. And yes, it's true that I kick ass. Ah! This land will surely vote for me. You can't say nuclear. That really scares me. Sometimes a brain can come in quite handy. But it's not gonna help you because I won three purple hearts. <laughs> this land will surely vote for me. Ah! You're a liberal sissy. You're a right-wing nut job. You're a pinko commie. You're dumb as a doorknob. Hey, you got that Botox. But I still won three purple hearts. This land will surely vote for me. This land was my land. But now it's our land. Oh. From California to the New York Isle. What'd I do? Liberal <laughs> wieners. To the right wing nut jobs. This land belongs. This land belongs. This land belongs to you and me. Yeah. Oh, and Dick Cheney, too. <laughs> Yeah, that's that well made. They had the little Dean in there going, Meow! I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> the scream that destroyed Dean. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you remembered that, man. I do remember that. See, the first presidential debate I ever remember seeing, first time I watched a presidential debate, was uh, the previous cycle with Gore and Bush. Mm. And so that was the thing around where. Uh, everyone got into saying that Al Gore claimed to invented the internet shit. So right, that was around that time. I think that was in like a 1999 interview with Wolf Blitzer where he said something that got taken a little bit out of context and still has not really lived it down to this day. Hmm. People still will say Al Gore thinks he invented the internet. I think he was saying something about he was like, out of all the politicians, he was like the one that jumped in the heaviest in terms of getting it infrastructure laid down but you know no denying that he's a little bit of a dumb I ass <laughs> <laughs> well I mean he's gonna save us from man bear pig so that's true hey we have Tom Starkweather weighing in <gasps> hey with the first uh, debate he ever saw what do you say hey this is Tom Starkweather calling from Queens New York I uh, saw a question about the first presidential debate and it was very uh a very clear memory in my mind, the 1992 debate between George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. I've actually rewatched it recently, and it's interesting to see what what the parties were were promoting as far as policies then and how it reconciles with now. And I remember watching it with my family, and my sister was still uh, living in the area, and I, I distinctly remember her saying, if George... Bush wins, and I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> she didn't actually move then, but she actually lives there now. Huh. She didn't move as a result of the election. <laughs> anyway, 
uh, have a good show. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Tom. I thought that was interesting too. The just watching the debate, uh, the Bush Gore thing was like just so bland and benign and like clean and like you know almost scripted dance between the two fellas who were like debating, but they weren't like. It's not like today where it's like, oh, come oh. on. Oh, what, oh, blah, blah. We are so spoiled with it's Trump like entering silly. the scene. Yeah, it's like the Trumpy thing is just like totally different. Yeah, absolutely. Just like taking shits on people. <laughs> you can't stomp the Trump. Those the, are uh, great YouTube. Videos. Google transcription did slide a... Uh, a great A great one in a there? A great one in there. How it reconciled with now is what he said, but <laughs> Google said... A wreck involved with now, which I think Ooh. is a pretty perfect show title. Yeah, that is a good one. The show is a wreck involved with now. A wreck involved with now. Dwadham says, uh, I still think Trump Bernie would be more fun. I think it would be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. They'd be like zinging and zang and zinging and zang. And <laughs> I mean, you saw like almost a preview of it when you remember when Bernie went after Biden in the primaries and like, oh, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a. Oh, you just contradicted yourself right there. Duh, 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 duh. He tried to like hammer him, and Joe just kind of like chased his tail a bit and like shrugged it off. Like, yeah, come on, man. Uh, but Trump versus Bernie, it would just be like ping pong, man. Yeah, be like, oh, you full of shit. Oh, you stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be two old fucking New York well, dickheads talking to each other. You know, like the Bernie supporters say. Uh, Bernie can still win. Bernie can still win. Who knows? Bernie so might be out see. there winning right now. <laughs> I haven't heard from him. Not me neither. Yes. We did have another voicemail. All right. I don't know if this pertains to the first time I've ever, but let's hear it. <laughs> All that leaving is disturbing. I can't, like, follow it up. It's weird. But, uh, I'm not sure what to say now. Uh. It, like, throws you off. It throws you way off. I guess you gotta hit it. Uh. <laughs> I guess you gotta hit it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's not peer pressure. It's just your turn. Yeah, come on, man. Just hit it. And welcome to the bowl. Settle in, relax. And thanks for calling. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you can always call anytime, night, That's or day. Right. You can also text in. This is a feature unlocked by uh, C Mike magically. It was always possible, and I knew it was always possible, but we're promoting it now. You can text us, because like, sometimes you're in the bowl, and you're all stoned, and you don't really want to talk, because you think your voice might sound funny, and that's fine. You just shoot us a text to 816-607-3663, and I don't even get notifications on my phone for that shit, so it probably will be fine. That's right. And hey, we have our first time I ever topic picked out for next week. That's right. Inspiration from a Hog Story Post Show. Thank you to Fletcher for this one. Do you have my clip? Did you clip it? I have a clip for it, but I'll tell you when you'll know when to go. Oh, yeah, I know what it was. So, our topic for next week will be the first time I ever said, Fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, we got double on there. You just had to say it, had, had to have said it once. Double fuck. First time. You ever said fuck you to a person? Wow, you clipped that with a vengeance, didn't you? You clipped the shit fuck out of you. Also, man, thank you to Chai Badesh for putting Nielsen in the chat the other day. Yes. If you're not in the Bowl After Bowl chat, you are missing 
out on the content and the fun people, the community, the bowlers. Yes, we do the show every Tuesday night, but there's people chiming in at any weird hour on there in the Discord. Back and forth, here and there. That's right. So, uh... We'll see you again here next Tuesday at 10 p.m. And if you like the sound of our voices, we'll be on Hog Story Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. So tune into The Smoker and catch us there. We'll be there. Until next time. May your bowls burn ever brighter. May your bowls burn ever brighter. I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. It's true! Get ready, because I may grab you so fast. Are we there? Are we here? <laughs>